We raise or we save money to pay for the project. We hire people to work at the project or physically do it ourselves. There's a lot of sweat and long hours involved in the project. Sometimes the work seems long and hard. Eventually, as we keep at it, we come to the end of the project. To its completion, we stand back and say, it is done, it is finished. Or when we are running in a race, in a long distance race or a marathon, we work hard to get to the end and then say, the race is done, it is finished. When we say these words, we are indicating completion, victory, satisfaction, and triumph. Jesus said those words as he died on the cross. And I just want to read that in John 19, 28 to 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon a hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. What was Jesus referring to when he said those words? What was finished? What was complete? This evening, we want to look at what Jesus meant when he said those words. So what is the meaning of the word finish? What does it mean when he said that it is finished? The Greek, the Greek word for finish is teleo. It means to bring to a close, to finish, to end, to perform, to execute, to complete, to fulfill. It also has the idea to pay something. There's different verses in the Bible that uses this word. And I want to say some of the words that, um, where teleo is found. Some of the words are accomplished, fulfilled, expired, and also pay. We got a little bit of a picture of what finish means with the different words in these different verses. So why did Jesus have to die? In the beginning, when God created the earth, he made it very good. With no presence of sin, death, sickness, even nature was perfect. With no weeds, no fear in the animal world, everything was very good. In spite of that perfect environment, Adam and Eve sinned and became disobedient. They chose to disobey God. Because of that, they were forever separated from God. Romans 5.12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. There is no way around that truth, because of sin, there is death. There is separation from God. 
the wages, it says, is death. What all mankind deserves. It's just like when we got a paycheck at the end of the week. We are paid what we did at work. So will man get paid what they deserve at the end of our life. Death, separation from God forever. But if you read on further in Romans 6, there's a word but. Romans 6, it says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God gave us a gift. He gave us Jesus Christ. 1 John 2, 1-2, it says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that, if, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. We have someone that is pleading with God for the pardon of our sins. We have someone who is an intercessor for us. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation. He is the one that satisfies the penalty for our sins, not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. God promised in Genesis 3 how that the seed of the woman will bruise Satan's head. What did John the Baptist say when he saw Jesus? Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus takes away the sin of the world. So what was finished when Jesus said those words? I have eight things that was finished when Jesus died on the cross. First one I have is the fulfillment of all the scriptures about Christ's sufferings is finished. Many times in the Old Testament, the prophets prophesied in detail how Jesus would suffer. This is why it is very important when we read the Bible that we never forget the Old Testament because in the New Testament, we can see how the prophecies were fulfilled. Prophecies in the Old Testament show us who the Messiah is that God promised to send because of the different things that Jesus did or where he came from that was prophesied in the Old Testament. The first prophecy that we see of Jesus' death is in Genesis 3.15, after Adam and Eve sinned. And God was speaking to the serpent. And it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. God was speaking to the serpent. At the time of Jesus' death, Satan will only bruise Jesus' heel. But Jesus will bruise Satan's head. Satan inflicted temporary sufferings on, Jesus, on Christ, but Jesus will totally crush and eternally defeat Satan. And this will be completed at the end of the millennium. Other prophecies that we have in the Old Testament. There's prophecies in Psalms 22. It talks about how God would forsake Jesus. How the Jews and the Romans were like water. It talks about how he was he was. Even Jesus promised earth. He told his disciples how he would suffer. And in the book of Matthew, each time 
Though Jesus brought the subject up about his death, he would add a new truth about his sufferings. Also in Luke 24, 13 to 35, this was the account after Jesus' resurrection. He was, walk, he was uh, met the two disciples on the road to um, Emmaus. As the disciples were walking, they were discussing the events that took place in the previous days, the death of Jesus and how his body disappeared. When Jesus met up with them, he asked them why they were so sad and what they were discussing about. They told him how Jesus was condemned to death and how they trusted in Jesus, that he was going to redeem Israel, that he was going to set up his kingdom for them, and it didn't happen. And then he says in verse 25 of Luke 24, he said, Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets had spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? They were quick to believe about Jesus setting up his kingdom here on, this, on the earth, but skipped over the fact that he needed to suffer first. There are many more passages in the Old Testament that they could have read about the sufferings of Christ. Many sacrifices and offerings that pointed to the suffering that Christ had to experience first. What was prophesied about Christ's sufferings was finished. It was complete. Another thing that was finished, that if the defeat of Satan is finished. At the time of Jesus' death, Jesus won the victory over Satan. Jesus bruised his head. He crushed his head. John 12, 31 to 32, it says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. The prince of this world, which is Satan, is cast out. He is deprived of the power and influence he exercises in this world. While we know and see the effects of Satan here on this earth, we also know that his time is running out. The battle is already won. The clock is ticking when Satan will be forever taken out of this world. Also in Colossians 2, 14 to 15, it says, Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, openly triumphing over them in it. The ordinances that is talked about is the law of Moses. Those that lived by the law were debtors to the law. They had to obey all the law. They had to do all that the law required them to do. The law worked against us. The law made no provisions for redemption. It only cursed and killed all men because they broke all the law and could not possibly keep it. When Jesus died on the cross, he blotted out the law. He erased it. He wiped it away. He smeared it out. It is kind of like writing the law on a dry erase board. And then Jesus comes along and he erases it all away with an eraser. 
No trace of the law is seen. What effect did that have with Satan and with us? It stripped away from Satan and his powers to condemn and kill mankind. They no longer could hold man in sin and bondage as they did when man was under the law. God made a public spectacle of his enemies in his triumph over death through Jesus. When armies came back from battle victoriously, it would make a public demonstration of their conquered enemies. Satan and the Jews thought that they had triumphed over Jesus, putting, to end, putting an end to his life and also to his way of life. But the cross turned out to be their public defeat and shame. Hebrews 2, 14 to 15, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus destroyed Satan who had the power of death. Jesus destroyed the power of death by dying. Another thing that is finished is a personal access to God is finished. In the Old Testament, in order to gain access to the presence of God, there was different steps that needed to happen before you could go. You needed to go to the tabernacle where the Holy of Holies was at. And only the priests were allowed to enter in one time a year. Those that were part of the tribe of Levi could be priests. And those that were in the lineage of Aaron could be priests. To enter into the presence of God, there was different steps that needed to be done before the priests could even enter. And we see that in Leviticus 16. There was many different steps that needed to be done before they could enter. But now because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, all those who believe can enter into his presence and enjoy the blessings and the full rights through Christ. Turn with me to Hebrews 10. I'm going to read verses 10 to 23. And notice as I read what Christ does for us. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one, one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting so his enemies be made his footstools. For by one's offering he had perfected forever them that are, that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And in their sins and, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. 
Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated, consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. We can enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ with boldness. We can do it with free and fearless confidence, with cheerful courage. This is something totally different from what the Jews experienced in the Old Testament. Um, a verse from Ephesians 2, 12 to 13, and this is speaking about us as Gentiles. That at that time, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So what were the Gentiles like in the Old Testament? They were uncircumcised. They were without Christ. They were aliens to Israel's blessings. They were strangers to the covenant. They had no hope in God. And they were without God in the world. But now we, too, as Gentiles, we can come into the presence of God and become one of his Another thing that was finished is the cancellation of the reign of death is finished. When Adam and Eve sinned, death came to all mankind. Death is a separation from God in all eternity. Turn with me to Romans 5 and read from 12 to 17. Romans 5, 12 to 17. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For through the offense of one, many be dead, but much, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many." And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to, to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Because of Adam's sin of disobedience, it brought death into their lives. 
not only into their lives, but it came to all mankind. But through one man, which is Christ, we now shall reign in life. When we have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. 1 Corinthians 15, 19-22, it says, And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. It is the risen Christ that gives us hope for life after death. The hope that we have for the resurrection affects the way that we live life today. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are miserable. It is the hope of the resurrection that affects the way we live our life today. Another thing that is finished is a cancellation of sin's power. It's finished. In Romans 6, and we just had it in our Sunday school lesson, um, there's different points that I want to bring out um, that it speaks about um, the power of sin is canceled. Just like Christ died and was buried and was resurrected to his glorified body, we too as believers was dead, buried, and resurrected to a new life, to a new man. We see that in verse 4. Also, we don't serve sin we don't do what it tells us to do because the body of sin is destroyed in our lives. We cause sin to cease in our lives. We put it an end to it. We see in verse 6. Sin, is not, sin does not reign in our bodies. We are not to yield our bodies as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. We see that in verse 13. Because of Christ's death and resurrection, we are to yield ourselves to God. We are to allow God to have dominion over us. We are also become free from the power of sin and become the servants of righteousness. Christ died. First, as mortal is the same. Our Lord Jesus, the strength of sin through the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We will not have to pay the penalty of sin, which is death, because of Jesus Christ. Another thing that is finished is making peace between God and man is finished. When sin came into the world, we were made enemies of God. We were opposing God. We were going against his plan. We were sinners. We were ungodly. We experienced no peace with God, but turmoil. I want to read from Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, and then also 6 and 11. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For 
If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. When we have faith, and when we have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. Also, when we are justified through the blood of our Savior, we are reconciled to God. We are changed from enemies to friends. We are the children of God, like we read about in our Sunday school this morning. Colossians 1, 20-22, it says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes annihilated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he hath reconciled, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. We have peace because of the blood of the cross so that we can be reconciled to God. Instead of being enemies, we are reconciled. So what is the purpose of the redemption? So that Christ can, re, can re present us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in the sight of the Father. Unreprovable is something that cannot be called to, uh, something that cannot be called to account. It is something that is blameless. No man can accomplish peace with God. <clears throat> it is done only through our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Another thing that is finished is the satisfaction of the full justice of God is finished. <clears throat> Way back in the Garden of Eden, God has said that whoever eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... <clears throat> shall surely die that same day. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and because of sin, God needed to follow through with death. <clears throat> did Adam die that same day? Yes, Adam did die the same day. Death is referred to as separation from God. That same day, God blocked Adam and Eve out of the garden, and there was separation between them. Adam and Eve and everyone after that, after them, up to the time that Jesus died on the cross, they needed to look forward and believe that Jesus would save them from eternal death, that Jesus would bridge the gap between God and man. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his son to die in our behalf. He died so that we can have everlasting life. We couldn't do it through religion or good works. This could only be done through Jesus, who was the perfect, perfect, sinless Lamb of God, who took away the sin of the world, who took upon him the full wrath of God for us. The work of the cross is the only means that the barrier of sin that separates man from God is broken down. 
Romans 3, 23 to 26 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. God sent Jesus to be a propitiation for those who believe in him. Propitiation means to appease. It is, it is an atonement. It is through Jesus' death on the cross that we can be made just. Christ satisfied God's justice for dying, by dying for all to pay for the sins of the elect. These sins can be never can never be punished again, since that would violate God's justice. Sins can only be punished once, either by a substitute or by yourself. We can either allow Jesus to bear the punishment for our sins, or we can take the punishment for, our, for ourselves. But if we take on the punishment, it would never be complete, that we can stand before God. Romans 5, 8, and 9, I know I read this already, but it says, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. We are saved from the wrath of God because of Jesus' death. Jesus took upon himself the full and complete wrath of God that was due us. Now that it says death, physical for the belief of death, and the sun or the shadow. I am the real thing. That is the same, I think, with death. Christ experienced the real death. We only experience the shadow of death. Death for the believers is not a state, a condition, or an abiding place. Death for the believers is like a doorway. We pass through to the other side. We pass through death to heaven, to something glorious. Jesus experienced death to the fullest, separation from God. 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We are bought with a price. A price needed to be paid, and that price was the death of Jesus. We were in the hands of sin and death, and we needed to be bought back so that we can have full fellowship with God. When we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and accept what he did for us, we belong to God, just like a slave belongs to his master when the master pays the price that is needed. In Hebrews 2, it says that Jesus tasted death for every man. He experienced death for us, for every man. He did it so that we could be delivered from death. He also did it so that he could destroy the one who had the power of death, which is the devil. There may be more things that we could find in Scripture that Christ accomplished or finished 
when he died on the cross. But I'm so grateful for what Jesus did on the cross and that he was able to say it is finished. I am so thankful that the battle is over, that the conflict is ended. And I rejoice that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I look forward to the time when he comes again. Why don't we stand to pray?